0: On this show, we're discussing a dear friend of mine. He terrorized me as a child and captivated me as an adult. His name is Bruce. Because we're talking movies, we're talking Jaws. Starring Roy Schneider, Richard Dreyfuss, and Robert Shaw. Written by Peter Benchley and Carl Gittel and directed by Steven Spielberg. Stop playing with yourself, Chris. You know,
1: Scott, you you pick a fucking famous movie that has a famous one-liner in it, and you pick, yet again, a fucking obscure quote. So fuck you, I'm going to hit you with two. First, the big and classic one. You're going to need a bigger boat. Followed by Annie Shark Cage. You go in the cage, cage goes in the water. You go in the water. Sharks in the water. Our shark. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of How'd You Like That Movie. And if the theme song didn't let you know what we're talking about, we're talking about the 1975 classic from Steven Spielberg that's not about dinosaurs, it's about sharks. So, Scott, take it away.
0: So, why would they have to wait a minute in to know what we're talking about if it's literally in the fucking intro? We're talking movies. We're talking Jaws.
1: Because it's uh, it's the fucking Chris show. I don't know, man. Sometimes it's like the first time and I've that, ever done
0: the show. That I'm going to circle around how you constantly make fun of my quotes. Mm-hmm. But if you listen back to our episodes, all 50 plus of them, I pick a quote that's specific to us and more importantly to you. Because <laughs> I literally sought you playing yourself. I saw you playing with yourself, Chris. That's why I told you to stop. <laughs> so everybody, uh,
1: this is the first of four episodes in our anniversary series. Uh, for those that don't know, uh, the, September is one year. September 20th is one year since we started this show. Um, and so we've picked two each of our favorite films. Uh, and this is the first one. Uh, so is yeah tell us about jaws scott it's your it's your
0: take it away do your thing yeah yeah this is my favorite movie of all time
1: period oh this was like uh, number one number number one on the scorecard
0: yeah. yeah i did one and two for me um oh so you know, you like, like to uh, do you? oh you don't need no, no, jaws two. you don't the two jaws. I, we okay let's let's circle back again <laughs> so because you're obviously not listening to me as you explained to our audience we each got to pick two movies that were our favorites so i picked number one and number two on my list i'm like you that probably like this is a some random movie indie <laughs> movie that you know people are gonna give me street cred for
1: <laughs> but 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 really i'm like uh i'm going back and watching fucking uh I don't know. What's, what's just like some crazy, what's that? (laughs) You're like, you're watching clueless. I mean, I, I really do love, uh, uh, legally blonde. So, and, and mean girls So, uh, (laughs) so yeah, I don't know. How do you want it? This is a pretty big movie, man. Like it's, 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 it's classic cinema. Everybody knows this movie. Everybody knows the John Williams score. Like, I don't even know how, how do we, how do we tackle this great white of a film?
0: Like, to me, I think this is the perfect storm, but the perfect film as well. Okay. Right? Because so many things needed to go wrong for this film to be what it is. And then what I mean is, if you love the summer blockbuster film, you don't need to six degrees of Kevin Bacon it. Like, this is number one. This is the film that started the summer blockbuster.
1: Yeah, I believe they used to call the summer like the graveyard. Like movies did not make money in the summer previous to Jaws.
0: Right. And do you know originally when this movie was supposed to be released? Like when the actual like release date was supposed to be.
1: Uh I do not.
0: Christmas. This was supposed <laughs> to be released on Christmas.
1: I mean, it would make sense, right? Like, cause that uh the the holiday season's still a big It was a big movie movie time at that at that point too, right? So if you're gonna dump, uh, I've got nine million. Is that what you got? Is that what they basically were gonna dump into this film?
0: Give or take. Yeah. Yeah. If you're gonna dump nine million, but like I said, like so many things needed to go wrong with this film, and the fact that the three mechanical sharks were constantly defaulting, or what you wanna, how you wanna put it, not working. Yeah, yeah. That it just made the shoot go longer and longer that they literally thought they had a shit film. So like you said, they released it in, in June thinking, you know, maybe we'll, we might get back a little bit of our money. Right. Cause they just wanted to get it out.
1: Oh, they basically, they're like, we want to, we want to get it out there. So if it's going it, to, anything it's going to generate, we can, you know, take, we can take the loss and fucking move on.
0: Yeah. And just imagine like, you know, being Spielberg, and this is your first foray into, like, theaters, right? Because everything before was, like, made for TV, like, Duel and stuff like that, and his shorts, um, and then creating the summer blockbuster. And that's really why, like, he walked into every theater, right, or every production unzipped his pants just threw it right there and then like i'm gonna do whatever the fuck his, I.
1: his great white came out uncirc- uh, circumcised like,
0: and all <laughs> he's like i want to do a movie about aliens but you know it's a boring movie they talk about music <laughs> music they're like fucking do it <laughs> and then that makes money right? <laughs> uh i mean
1: <laughs> I you know I mean you, you yes be like he got to make a black and white film about the fucking Holocaust which is fantastic Schindler's List like also won lots of Oscars and stuff like that as well but like you're right like I'm gonna make whatever fucking movie I want and it's gonna do well uh so Richard Dreyfuss that plays Ho- uh Hooper who's got he's got an Oscar nod and he actually got a ba- Bafta nod for Jaws he originally said no to Spielberg uh, and then he had a shitty film. It hadn't even opened yet, but he had seen the pre-screenings. It's like the something, Daddy Kravitz, the life of Danny Kravitz or whatever. And he was so appalled with his own acting. He basically got Spielberg on the line and was like, he was was worried no one's going to hire him again after they saw that fucking movie, right? Because he had worked on American Graffiti with George Lucas, and that got him the first interview with Spielberg. So he basically gets Spielberg and be like, yeah, I'll do your fucking movie. And there you go you're in jaws like again like there's a lot of those little things where people said no and then like we're maybe not going to do it and then you get part of be be, get to be part of like cinema history you know what i mean
0: yeah no exactly and and that's the thing like if you think about it like i think roy schneider was the only one that was contractually obligated to come back for a sequel
1: oh they wrote that like Right? right in his first contract
0: I, I believe so, right? Just in case. Uh, like, I could be wrong. Uh, people can check, you know, Twitter or, you know, Wikipedia, whatever. But I believe that's what it was. That's why he went back for the second one, which, you know, there is a little debate in, in the B household, in my household. Uh, we, Because this is my favorite movie. We, we watch it every year.
1: Well, on Christmas and, or something you know, like we that? Watch some weird, series. like, fucking... It's like your Christmas movie or something like that. Open presents, watch Jaws.
0: It's not Christmas, it's fucking Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> it's Easter. <laughs> Bruce's is Passover. Right? Yeah. But um, no, uh, but my son, you know, uh, which now kind of makes me think he he might not be my son, might be the <laughs> male's son, um, believes that number two is a better film than number one.
1: Oh, and and what did you just slap him or whatever? I don't. I'll be honest. Like, well,
0: I mean, I, 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 we'll we'll talk about that offline. <laughs> <laughs> but I strongly disagreed with him and, and told him that if he wanted any of my inheritance, he would change that <laughs> that position. I'm like two is just a rehash of one, except they changed the mayor.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I haven't. Uh, I hadn't. I don't think I had seen Jaws again until i watched it for this show in forever in forever and and this is going to sound like a, a stupid ass thing to say especially to somebody who clearly watches it all the time i am so impressed at the cinematography of this film like the way it is shot this film is i don't know how many years old now and it is still amazing like, it's, like, even that fucking shark, man. Like, I get it. Like, some people are like, ah, you know, it looks a bit fake. And did I'm like, it was 1975 and the shark is in the water. Like, I am highly impressed with this film. Um, I mean, even the way Spielberg shoots it, like, again, you could see, like, a, a bay shooting this thing. And it'd be just like, well, it would be like the Meg, right? Like, lots of shit, big, bra rah rah, bitey, bitey. Um... Spielberg shoots it way more like Hitchcock would. And actually, so like my first quote is from uh, David Denby of the New Yorker. Spielberg may be the man who created the new Hollywood, but in his first mega hit, he summed up what it was best in the old, the humor, the perversity and the storytelling intrigue of Alfred Hitchcock. And I actually wrote my own little quote to go along that. I'm like, Jaws is like psycho in the water and in true Hitchcockian style, more thriller than horror. Like, and we're we'll talk about this like cinema the specific shot selection for and cinema cinematics later but like it had that like thriller-esque uh feel that a hitchcock film does in a in a in a, like an action movie it's so well done it is fucking beautiful to watch uh anyway you you go again because i'll just go on about like this actually passes like yeah, all like the I- stuff i complain about normally this passes all those things so yeah, go. Yeah, like
0: like I was saying before, like so many things had to have gone wrong to create this perfect film, and because the sharks, you know, aren't weren't working as well, and they only had that limited, you know, window reels of it uh, of what what worked and what didn't. You know, you can see even as a young director, Spielberg being able to make some choices that literally worked a lot better and I think this movie perfected less is more because you don't see the shark until one hour and 22 one hour and 21 minutes into the two-hour film yeah right like but you feel its presence it's literally like it's there you know it's going to it's going to attack and the way they're able to just use be like the bullies or when they take out the dock and just have the dock turn around right like simple things that make you see Michael like, oh, shit the sharks there and it like making you use your imagination so much that that's what fucking scared you the most right especially as a kid right like because you're using your imagination like I didn't know a shark couldn't come out out of a toilet you know <laughs> after watching this film and i always have to look back Right, just in case it popped up you didn't know like as a kid that this movie just fucked you up
1: well and i mean john williams score that didn't didn't that like foreboding music and then it would like come on and then and then and then something didn't always happen right so you're kind of on the edge of your seat all the time um which i'm going to actually that's i'm going to just use that and then i want to jump back to john williams because i've got Derek malcolm from the guardian saying that jaws is a splendidly shrewd cinematic equation which not only gives you one or two nasty turns when you least expect them but possibly more important knows when to make you think another's coming without actually providing it like that tension the it's it's like you said you don't see the shark uh, there's some great cinematography and editing where the camera's like moving all around. Uh, there's the score comes in and then nothing will happen. And then, so you're like, oh, and then bang, something will happen. And it's like, oh my God, it's so great. Um,
0: yeah, especially using like when it's in like predator mode and you're using the POV of the shark, right? Yes. Yes. Instead yes. of seeing the shark, you see the legs. And let me tell you, I've been to a bunch of fucking beaches. I've never seen people tread water as much as the, this fucking beach, right? People <laughs> just lying there, like, "Fuck, I'm gonna tread water. I'm gonna go instead of going swimming. And playing, They're like, I'm gonna go in the deep end and just tread water." <laughs> but, so but that was a, Go ahead.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, just before we moved on, I would just want to say, like, so when I was looking up John Williams' stuff, though, it's like this guy—he has fifty-two Oscar nominations, fifty-two, and he has five wins. One for Jaws, one for Star Wars. Fiddler on the roof. Fucking E.T. and Schindler's, Schindler's List, right? Basically, so him and Spielberg, they just make fucking Oscars, is what they do. You yeah. know what I mean?
0: Yes, but I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Williams has more Oscars than Spielberg. Uh,
1: yeah, I think Spielberg has uh, do, 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 he has seven. Spielberg has seventeen Oscar nominations, uh, and then he has three wins. Uh, and that includes both directing and producing. So I think he got mm-hmm. a, a director and producer for Schindler's List, and then just a producer one for Saving Pride Orion, maybe? Something like that.
0: Well, he was the director of Saving Private Ryan. But he was so also he a producer gone, too, but... wasn't
1: he? No, no, but, but producer, yeah. you get, you, he, yeah, you know. He...
0: Like even, even though you haven't watched this, like we watch this all the time, but even every year, there's there's new stuff that I notice in this film like the shooting stars, right? This year was the first year I have noticed the two shooting stars that were filmed.
1: Oh, okay. Was that, oh, just by accident?
0: Yeah, like in the scene, there's a shooting star, like actually coming in the horizon in the background, right? And then it goes to an establishing shot, which is probably the same shot, like from a different angle. Mm -hmm. And then you see the shooting star come down again. Both me and my kids are like, oh my God. Like it was the first time we... We all noticed it. So, do you uh, do you have a fav- yeah.
1: a favorite scene? Like, is there a, or is there a section? Like, is there something that like re- like you?
0: Really uh, turn two on to- two favorite scenes. One is the uh, uh, you know the sentimental when he's at the dinner table with his kid before dinner, of, of uh, Richard Dreyfus. Of course, it is. It, it's like when he's just like copying and stuff. But I also love you know the kid once the first child gets eaten right and they do that vertical shot when he yes. actually sees it yes and it goes like and it, it, and it then goes then right
1: like, in right like i saw that and yeah. that's that's another reason using that for those because they use a vertical shot there and then uh also when uh quinn robert shaw is on like kind of the bow of the ship and they're kind of doing this really interesting like um like reverse it's not a pov like they see him in there and then they they do a vertigo shot there as well and it's just like it's so hitchcockian, you know what i mean? anyway, sorry, mm-hmm. i keep going. so the the part of oh, the those, dinner- are my,
0: those are those are those are my two. yeah, those are my two favorite scenes in this film.
1: so and nothing then, actually with the the shark. one thing i
0: didn't in terms of plot-wise, the one thing i didn't really get was the scene prior to that, right? was where uh, the mayor like he's like, you know, the whole point of this is they're not closing the beaches Because they need that tourist money.
1: It's almost like if there was a global pandemic and you didn't want to close things because you couldn't afford the lost revenue.
0: Almost the same. Almost. But (laughs) here's my thing plot-wise. Just going with that, because it's all about the tourist money. All those tourists came on that cruise ship, right?
1: Uh, That's that's a, a ferry.
0: Whatever they all came. It's because right? they're on an
1: island, right? So,
0: again, but they were all there. Okay. On the beach, but no one wanted to go in the water. And then he forces the people into the water. If those people are there and you're on an island, they're already spending. Are money. they just going to be? <laughs> are they just... What does them walking into the water have to do with anything? Because. They already got your money. Well,
1: I mean, because I guess if you shut the beach, I might just take the next ferry out of there, right? Like when I lived in Victoria in British Columbia, it's a fucking island, right? So if you go there to do cool island shit and you can't do island shit, you're just going to get on the ferry and go back to the mainland. You know what I mean? So you're not going to spend the weekend. You're not going to spend the money. Uh, And it can ruin the whole... I mean, the whole idea is that that's like a summer island holiday place, right? Because what is it? Fourth of July? it's so it's the beginning of the summer so if you shut the beaches those people might go away and never 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 come back my friend but i mean getting eaten by a shark they also may never never come back so did you uh, did you read the book or audiobook it or anything by uh, Peter peter no no
0: no i've never read the book i've never I, done i think i'm gonna like try that. and
1: find it on audible man just to like sit in the pool listen to the the jaws uh, <laughs> audio book this this movie scared the shit out of me and I probably just saw it in passing as a small child because I mean it was the 80s so parents just did watch their own movies and kids wandered through the tv room um it's I it made me afraid to go in a pool like like just a regular concrete pool that I could literally see the because like you like you said with the toilet jaws made you afraid that a shark was going to come out of like where the filter is right and just be like nah.
0: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like it didn't matter, right? If there was water, there could be Jaws. That's right. Just, and right. that's what I say like our imaginations just kind of ran wild, right? And that's why it worked out. Like there literally was something called Jaws hysteria where people were just frightened to no end because of this film, right? And that they were, um, Seeing sharks everywhere in the oceans. Did they they also
1: see sharks in tornadoes?
0: Maybe now. Maybe now. Maybe
1: now. Sharknado. Maybe now.
0: But, But yeah, that's the thing. It's literally, it just caused such hysteria. And I think that's what, because no, you know, no publicity is bad publicity. That's what fed this movie even more, right? I, I,
1: it would be interesting to, like, I mean, I guess I I know my mom thinks it's, like, was the scariest movie ever. She still doesn't want to watch it. Um, it'd be interesting uh, to talk to people that had saw it in the theater and just, like, what was that summer like? Like, were people just going crazy? Like, this movie did $472 million, and I, I don't think that's corrected for inflation. I think that's, like, $472 million in 1975. Like, if that's right, mm-hmm. that is a... If, Fucking phenomenal amount of money, you know what I mean?
0: Oh, I, like one hundred, and I think in terms of like like this is the, one of the first ones that you're getting like you're you're getting a sequel, like kind of fast tracked, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Just, just kind of keep it going, right? Like the whole franchise, like I think in reality, kind of started. No, it started with James Bond, but. I think it was made perfected here, right? Even though, and it was just literally like we're just going to pump out another one, and who the fuck cares, right? What,
1: I mean, not and not to not to drift into the territory of all the other films in this um, in this filmography. What's the worst Jaws movie that's actually carries the Jaws moniker?
0: The one with Michael Caine, Revenge.
1: Oh, Michael Caine's in a Jaws last one. That sounds fucking awesome. Alfie versus jaws. <laughs> Alfie.
0: <laughs> yeah, I would say that one's the worst where you know the shark now, you know, has has like a vendetta against this family and goes across the ocean to like <laughs> fucking chase after them. That's <laughs> but um man. Yeah. So
1: this thing still got a 98% from critics, almost a perfect critic score. It's got a ninety percent from the audience, and I'm like, yeah, I could hundred percent see it. Like I said, it's it's beautifully shot. Uh, one of the other things I really like is the camera work at water level, where you're you're kind of seeing out. It's POV into the ocean or whatever, and the, they have the people like run to like ah shark, and like the water splashing over the camera. Uh, the DOP Bill Butler actually had built a waterproof case for the camera so that you could get those really low angle shots. Um, I mean, this, what's crazy about Bill Butler is, so he also had another film at the same Oscars, uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, which actually beat Jaws for Best Picture and the DOP from Jaws won his, an Oscar for One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. So that's not bad, right? You work on two Oscar films uh, in one, one season, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and they probably gave it to the other one over Jaws too, because they're probably like, "Well, you know, this is a rookie, like a rookie movie, right?" Well, rookie and that's director. why that's why
1: that's probably why Spielberg didn't get nominated for best director for Jaws, even though it's a fantastically directed film. It's like perfectly executed. You know what I mean?
0: Just like mm-hmm, all the people that the shark eat. on <laughs> the chump. But
1: other, other than Jaws, what's uh? Do you have a favorite Spielberg movie other than Jaws? Because you kind of like the big, oh, the big so Hollywood many, stuff. Yeah. Just give me so top three Spielberg. or something like
0: that. Mm. Oh, you gotta go Jurassic
1: Park. I fucking hate Jurassic right? Park. It's so boring. Anyway, keep going. What? I I don't like those movies. You gotta, man.
0: Go, you gotta go Jurassic Park. Um, saving private Ryan. Okay. Uh, fucking E.T. man.
1: E.T. I'm pretty sure I'm Indiana pretty,
0: Jones. Like Indiana Jones.
1: Okay, so here's my note on Indiana Jones. Sure, the first three are great. And I literally wrote, fuck Crystal Skull. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I would say for me, the Indiana Jones one through three. I even really like Temple of Doom. It's, I think it's fun. Uh, I mean, his wife is in it or his future wife or whatever. Um, which, actually, hold on. So when he divorced her, Spielberg has, he's on the list of like top most expensive divorces in history. So Spielberg's divorce. In 1989, after four years of marriage to Amy Irving, oh no, sorry, do I have that wrong? Yeah, I have that wrong. This was his other wife. That's right. That's his other wife. Um, When he divorced her after four years, it cost him $100 million. That's $200 million in today's dollars. I was like, wow.
0: They
1: have a son of Max that's not it. Jeff Bezos' money, man. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I know, I know. that's like <laughs> or Bill Gates' money.
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah, <laughs> so. I guess those both both of them. But yeah, so I like I like the Indiana Jones movies. I obviously like Schindler's List, Saving Private Ryan, uh, E. T. Like I said, was the first one I saw in the theater. Um, but like you said, he's got like a huge, huge list of film uh, films, uh, and I'm excited to see how how West Side Story goes. You know what I mean?
0: Man. Like here's my. Like, you know, here's my wish. In a perfect world, ready?
1: mm mm-hmm.
0: it's, it's been 34 years since a Jaws film graced the screens.
1: Guy Ritchie, and I, Jaws.
0: No, I think Spielberg's last film should be a remake of this one. Quentin Tarantino taking,
1: does Jaws. Don't, no, fucking
0: Spielberg man. taking everything he's learned since, like, making that movie, his first blockbuster movie, and just literally applying it. I bet you it would take him only like two weeks to film this. With a mechanical shark and everything. With everything he's learned.
1: Uh, I mean, or it could do... You gotta remember though, Jaws is is classic. Sometimes you don't want to fuck with that stuff, man. Like, what if you don't make a good movie? What if people go, eh, the first one was better? Like, I don't know. Sometimes it's good to just stay the fuck away from that stuff.
0: No, listen... There's a little movie called Back to the Future Two, and back in 2016, I was supposed to be at to Jaws 20 right now. Yes, and I got stuck at four.
1: <laughs> that's right. That's
0: <laughs> i 16. I'm due 16 more. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, man. I mean, I really like this film. I I think everybody should watch it. I think it's fun. I which and you, this you're probably I probably already know the answer Is this a family film for you? Like, would you recommend it to people with a family? Like, what's the, what is the uh, what is the lowest age that you think should be watching this
0: movie? No, I think anybody can handle Like, obviously the young kids are going to be a little bit scared about, like, just like we were uh, when it first came out. But I think because of how desensitized children are right now with, like, everything that they have at their disposal with entertainment, like, this is a PG movie to them, right?
1: But do you think, I mean, when your kids watched it, does it, because again, it's not, the violence isn't what's scary. It's the tension, right? Like, that is, like, yeah. that is what freaks you out, right? It's the, And the realism, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. Like, when they hear that score, they know shit's about to happen,
1: right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And, and that's the thing that makes this, like, a perfect film, right? Like, it encompasses you with story, encompasses you with the acting, the directing, and the score, right? The
1: only thing it could, the only thing it could, I mean, I don't, and I don't even know how you would put this in, is if you were to redo it, you need a super dope fucking 70s soundtrack that goes with it.
0: You know what I mean? Like doing like a like, because there's composition. Yeah, I don't, and I, don't I don't think you need. It. I think you just need a score. I don't think well, you then, need. And then the
1: score is perfect. That's the thing, right? Like, yeah, I, I, don't, I, know. I don't think
0: you need actual like inter, interjecting of music, right? I think just having the score is, is great, and I think that's what make. And, and that's the thing. Like once, once you made something perfect, it's hard to, to change it. Because look at anything John Williams. Any sequels does not have like songs in it, right? Everything mm-hmm. just they tweak his score a little bit, but they just keep it orchestra, right? Hundred percent If it works, why add to it, right?
1: True, true. Um, I mean, so one of my favorite characters in this, I mean everybody, I mean both uh Roy Schneider's Chief Brody, uh Robert Shaw's Quinn, and Richard Drivers' Hoover, they're a part like they're they play off each other so well. Uh, but you got to admit Robert Shaw as Quinn, <laughs> he is a, maybe it's cause I'm a, I'm a, i am ai am I was in the Navy and as a sailor, like he's one salty motherfucker, man. I love that guy. He's fucking great.
0: Yeah. Like he did an amazing job. And that's the thing too, right? He had second billing and I think he like, he only really becomes a main character 50 movie like 50 minutes in, he has that little scene at the beginning. Yeah.
1: Yeah
0: then you don't hear from him again until they're like, fuck it, we got to hire this guy. Yeah, I would love to see, like, like you know how we have the like, four-hour Schneider cut? Yeah. Just, like, the four-hour Spielberg cut, and it's just following him for, like, an hour while the, all these the people Quinn are getting cut killed. or whatever, and, and it's just, like, and, him yeah, getting drunk. And, he's just, and like, sitting with his feet up, like, <laughs> oh, man, my price just went up.
1: Oh, <laughs> man, my price just went up. Uh, so Robert Shaw is, like, a highly, highly trained actor. He was in the Royal Shakespeare Company... Uh, he wrote screenplays and novels. Uh, he was in the Dambusters. He was in a James Bond movie from Russia with Love. He was in the Battle of the Bulge. He was in the Sting. Um, and then he died super fucking young. He died in 1978 at age 51 of a heart attack on the fucking side. He was driving his car with his like wife and kid. And he was like, didn't feel good. Got out of the car and fucking boom, dead. Dead as a fucking doornail right there. 51 years old. That is not that old, man.
0: No, that's not that at all, right? It's a tragedy.
1: It is a tragedy. Especially coming,
0: no, like especially coming off of Jaws, right? You're looking at it like he would have.
1: Oh, he, he would have a Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Away, his... Oh, yeah. Like he just literally, from Jaws alone, extended his filmography by 10, 15 years. Sure, right? except that he died. Yeah, fuck you. Yeah. Why you gotta why you gotta bring up the sad part. Let's, Actually, let's even, even when he oh, well, yeah,
1: spoiler alert. even when he gets eaten, you're like because you kind of don't expect those main guys to die. It's sort of like the Game of Thrones though, thing.
0: Yeah, like even though he foreshadowed it, like when when he does that iconic uh US Indianapolis story, yes. and he was like he foreshadows it saying his best friend just went past them and he thought his best friend was asleep. And that's when he found out his best friend was ripped in half, eaten in half. And that's why he right? said like he I never wear it.
1: never wear a life jacket again.
0: Yep. All right. And which probably if he did wear a life jacket that time, it probably would have saved him.
1: I don't know, because he got sucked in by a shark. I don't know what a life jacket does. If yeah, but when in he, it would've it would
0: have gave Roy Schneider something else to grab onto, right? Because he only had his arm and then it slipped off if he had it uh
1: maybe. Maybe. The life jacket. So wear your wear your life jackets, kids, so that you don't get eaten by a shark. Um, yeah, anyway, man, I, uh, I, I, like I said, but, I love oh, this. Oh, Go ahead. Go
0: ahead. I, I, Go ahead. I want to say one thing on the topic of the, the story of the U.S. Indianapolis, which, you know, would have made an amazing Jaws prequel movie. Uh, this movie was made. They actually made it with Nicolas Cage. Oh, that's and right. <laughs> do you uh, not watch it God, I totally forgot about back. that <laughs> just go back you know just just all you got to do is watch this scene over and just pretend you're seeing it right do not watch the nicholas cage
1: i mean version that, of it. and that that story the uss <laughs> the uss at the uss indianapolis that is a good story there is no excuse mm. for it to be done poorly and i don't know nicholas cage is hit and miss man sometimes he's fucking brilliant other times he's just fucking paycheck player but uh um, <laughs> yeah anyway uh that's all for me definitely watch jaws i recommend this to fucking anybody i'm gonna watch it again actually i i'm absolutely just so impressed with the cinematography it's so well done uh it's, mm-hmm. like i said it's uh, psycho with a shark more horror than thriller it's so hitchcockian
0: And that is our rant for the day. Like and subscribe to this podcast. Please comment as well. Let us know how shocked you are that we made it to two years because we're fucking shocked. If you're looking to get a hold of us, please go to our website at howdjoulackthatmovie.com. All our social media links are there and you can email us as well.
1: I found out that Steven Spielberg. I found out Steven Spielberg. No, that could be why it's
0: not in the show. You can't
1: <laughs> Steven Spielberg's worth $4 billion and has like a super yacht that he's selling or has sold so he can make a, get a bigger super yacht. So it's like literally someone said to him, Hey, Spielberg, you're gonna need a bigger boat. <laughs> <laughs> Production
0: by Rod Shaver, Vader Monkey Productions.